All right, welcome in. It is RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I'm AJ Hoffman, joined as always by the best bet machine, Griffin Warner. Griffin, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, and uh, wow, what a uh, what an intro! But I guess five straight, man. Hey, come on, what, you know uh, that's what what feels like a month's worth of episodes because we had a, a little bit of a holiday break. Um, I guess that's what it does for you, and uh, you know I'm just skating ra- on rainbows right now. I love it. I love it. And uh, finally, I got uh, back on in the win column after a uh, 0-2-1 run. We're back in the 2-0 and grouping, uh, which is always the, the place where we want to be, uh, thanks to the boys at Harvard. All right. Let's not waste any time. Let's jump into the big games coming up this week, at least the early week. Uh, and we've got some good ones. Let's start in the ACC. We will start with North Carolina at Virginia. We're going to make uh, the Cavaliers about a four-point favorite here. I'll let you take the lead, Griff. um, Two teams that I really enjoyed betting against when they went to Pittsburgh. (laughs) Uh, Now they match up against each other. I have a forever dislike of Virginia considering, well, now it's especially weird with the Chris Beard thing, but... uh, with a future I had long, long time ago for Texas Tech to win a national championship at 125 to one, which they oh. ruined. Um, I think this Virginia team is better. Um, it was not very good last year. It had a decent NIT run, I guess. But that's far off the expectations of Tony Bennett programs. Um, they're better this year, but they have a lot of the same personnel. Really just added Ben Vanderplaat, the transfer from Ohio, and uh, that he's an important position and, and helps. But um, I don't think they're that great. And then you got North Carolina, who were an eight seed, and all of an eight seed, like look like they might not even, not even make the tournament, but had a couple good wins late in the season. And then one of this crazy uh, NCAA tournament run, Caleb Love um, couldn't miss any of his three-point shots, whether they were in the offense, completely ridiculous, bank shots, end of shot clock, anything. Um, and he's back to that guy that shot 10% uh, his freshman year. <laughs> I was going to say, Caleb, Caleb Love found a way to not make threes anymore. Yeah, I mean, 29%. I don't know. I don't like either of these teams. Is that is that fair to say out loud? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, I'll say this. I've been fading UNC quite a bit this year. Uh, and particularly want to look to fade them away from Chapel Hill. They're 0-3 on the road, and none of those losses, you mentioned the pit loss, uh, Indiana or Virginia Tech, none of those have particularly uh, aged very well. I think the key here is to beat Virginia, you have to shoot. And the Tar Heels just haven't shown me that they can suddenly figure out how to shoot. It just feels like sort of a, a, a tailor-made match. Like, there's a lot of flaws with this Virginia team. You're right. But defending the paint is, like, the one that – that's the one thing that they don't have a problem with. And that's really North Carolina's only path to points. Uh, all you got to do is basically not let Baycott have his way around the basket, and Virginia just doesn't give up anything inside. I think last year you, you mentioned Virginia being down. I mean, that was the worst Virginia team in a while – and North Carolina went 2-0 and against them, uh, including a, a win, a big win in the ACC tournament uh, that, you, like you said, kind of kick-started North Carolina's title run or a title game run. Uh, this feels like a little bit roles are reversed here. Like, it feels like the – while I, I'm not crazy about Virginia, it feels like the, the who's are up right now and the heels are down. 
I just don't see a real clear path to success for North Carolina. So uh, I'll probably look at Virginia here. What do you, you, are you just going to avoid this game altogether? Or do you, do you see something about North Carolina that I'm not seeing? No, I, I think I'm part of this hot streak that I've been on is being against North Carolina actually. Um, and I'm very thankful for uh, everyone in Chapel Hill for contributing to my get back and into the black fund. Um, I, I think I would be looking to still go against North Carolina as much as possible. Um, even in the days when Virginia was on the up and coming or on the up and up uh, before they were really a national champion, before they were a one seed that lost a 16 seed, um, they still had really good success against much better North Carolina teams. I think because they basically eliminated UNC being a too big team because they would throw the post doubles in and then the Carolina bigs were never able to pass out of that. I don't think that Baycott's strategy or like, I don't think UNC's strategy is to give it to Baycott on the block. Really? He's just seemingly one of those guys that is impossible to box out, block out and keep from, from rebounding. But they are still a too big team with him and Nance. Like there's that's still kind of unavoidable. And Nance is, I think, pretty banged up, has a bad back, didn't play this yep. weekend. So, and if that when that happens, then they get very small inside, which they're not used to being, and it's going to turn into a three point show. Which RJ Davis, I still get very scared when he shoots when he shoots threes, but the rest of that team, uh, it's I'll, I'll let them all shoot. Okay, so. No strong take for you on this one because you don't like either team. I don't particularly either, but I'm I'm going to lean pretty heavy to Virginia here. This next game, we're going to go to the SEC, and boy, I, I'm actually excited for this matchup. I think this is the two best defensive teams in the SEC, not named Tennessee. Um, Arkansas at, or excuse me, Alabama at Arkansas. We're going to make it Arkansas minus two. It feels like Arkansas is kind of going back to their old. Uh, home road splits where they they look just like totally different teams at home or away. Uh, they've played two two games on the road. They lost at LSU, and then they got – which you called, uh, and then they got blown out over the weekend at Auburn. Meanwhile, Alabama's riding high. They've started 3-0 and in SEC play, all three of those wins by double digits, the two Mississippi schools and Kentucky – I, I'm not sure that I'm going to be willing to jump in on the road team, but that's the lean. They're a little more battle-tested with games against UConn and, of course, the win at Houston. Uh, I, I worry a little bit about them being on the road with a freshman point guard going up against a team that will turn you over. And that, that's a sort of a preview to my best bet later on, has a similar situation. Uh, but I... I I could see Arkansas making this ugly, but if I if I had to take a side here, I'm probably going to take Alabama with the points. What do you think? Uh, this is an Arkansas or nothing for me. I think uh, I will I will admit that that's a lot based on preseason expectations. I don't think um, maybe a non competitive loss is not great at Auburn for confidence for this one uh, in the team, but ultimately I don't see losing in that like. One of the, I think, toughest places to play in the country now wouldn't certainly have said that five years ago before Bruce Pearl got there. But I, I think Auburn is a, a a madhouse. So I don't take as as much from that. I'm a little bit more worried that uh, I can never understand when Nick Smith Jr. is going to play or not. One of the biggest recruits that's in this team and seems to be doing right knee maintenance all the time has only played five games this year. Um, but I also will admit I've had some 
pretty tough runs betting against Arkansas this year and feeling like I deserved wins and coming out of there with, I think, three losses so far. So I haven't called them very well. But what I think Arkansas is, is they are a team of good players that are learning how to play together. I think the game at LSU could have gone either way. And that was just one of those things where they are the victims of being on the road. I think uh, Bud Walton has always been a great environment, even when Mike Anderson was there and the the Hogs teams between Anderson and now Musselman that weren't great. So I expect it to be a really tough place to play for Alabama to go into. Um, I think we've talked about Alabama plenty on this show. I don't know that I really love who they are right now. I think they're a good team and a scary one to fade at home. Uh, but did you? can you say the number for this one? We're going to say Arkansas minus two. Yeah, I think um, – I mean, I don't know anything under three. I think it's it's something I'm very interested in Arkansas. Not like I'm guaranteed going to play it, I don't think. But that's certainly the way I'd lean. And it is a reasonable uh, landing spot, I think, for my money in that one. All right. Let's go to the Big East where, oh, boy, uh, UConn, we're going to say minus two on the road at Marquette. And I was texting with you and I faded UConn over the weekend against Creighton. And, man, they do not quit coming at you. They were playing – I mean, this was like a nine-and-a-half point. They oh, well, they opened nine-and-a-half, got bet down to seven-and-a-half. I had a good number. It didn't matter. Uh, they, but they they just – they go, go, go. It, it was a double-digit lead, and they're, they're running three-quarter pressure with like two minutes left in the game. Part of my handicap in that game was that Creighton doesn't turn it over. And UConn took it away 13 times in that game. But if the big factor was Creighton shooting two of 16 from three. And Mark Marquette's a solid outside shooting team, but they want to get to the basket. And maybe at home they can get Sonogo into some foul trouble. But he dominated that matchup against Kalkbrenner. And Marquette doesn't have a, like a real big to throw at him. Given that UConn just lost back-to-back road games by double digits, it's hard not to give Shaka some respect here as a home dog, but I'm I'm not running to bet against UConn after what they just did to uh, what I think is a pretty good Creighton team. So I I probably lean Marquette. I don't think I'll be involved in this one. What do you, what about you? Uh, I'm interested in Marquette. I got to say I I am shocked at myself to be as interested in betting Shaka Smart as I am because uh, I honestly feel like I was able to pay for food for a year just betting against him but um i think from where i sit with marquette they are really impressive to me and i think while you do make good points about connecticut and certainly they could be on the road in this game and shoot really well from three um there is definitely blowout risk despite it being a road game for connecticut um but i think that they uconn that is um shoot too many threes considering how dominant they can be in the post and while certainly analytics say that threes are better than twos, I think the the high efficiency rates that they could have on the interior are uh, make that a, potentially a better shot. Um, Marquette's not exactly huge inside. They do have a little bit of, I mean, Iguodaro has been so awesome for that team, but I worry about him in foul trouble. Um, however, Oliver Max has prosper. Um, he's been good. And I feel like there's not a lot of depth there, but the Marquette pressure, I think, as you say, like a lot of teams that press don't like to be pressed themselves. I think that Marquette can cause a lot of problems for for UConn. I think UConn has shown that they 
are a really good team in the early part of the year, but have some vulnerabilities. Um, and I think they were a team where I'm very scared to fade them at home, but I think on the road, especially as a favorite, I think I will play Marquette. I'm, I'm thinking that Marquette might be favored just based on UConn's performances on the road in the last week. It's entirely possible. I I, I kind of thought that might be the case too, but then I thought I think that the the performance that they just had against Creighton probably wiped away any memory of that because they really did just dominate that team. Uh, it, it, Creighton got like a lead; they got up to a one point lead in the second half, and then it was like a nineteen to three run. Uh, like they just crushed them. Uh, let's look at the WCC, a conference we haven't talked about much, maybe because Gonzaga has not been elite this year. Um, but they are minus, we're going to project them minus five at BYU. And my thought on Gonzaga, which has turned out to be flawed, uh, was that their tough scheduling in non-conference, which, you know, the loss at Texas, a blowout loss at Texas, a, a neutral loss, a blowout loss to Purdue and a loss at Baylor or against Baylor neutral had kind of pushed their analytics down far enough that there was some value on them in conference play where they're going to face teams that just have far inferior talent but that hasn't been the case so far and they survived against san francisco like it they were all out the the only time they led in that game they led like three to two and then they led when they scored the last basket uh and then the game at santa clara they were down 14 points in the first half they have to come all the way back they were never covering that number the entire game the problem is I hate BYU and <laughs> I really do hate this team. I, I don't see anything good about them. And few has dominated this series, although he, that's most WCC opponents, but Gonzaga's won five straight in this series, all by double digits. The average margin has been 19 and a half points. And then it, like, if you look through the history of this, this uh, series, then you'll see a BYU win. And then you'll see, the five before that that BYU win were all double-digit Gonzaga wins, and those were by an average of 24 points per game. Like, they have just dominated this thing. The question is, is this Gonzaga team as, as talented as they have been? I think the, the easy answer is no. Like, it, there's not, like, a top-five draft pick on this team, at least not in this year's draft. I don't know if Julian Strother, like, really – uh progresses at some point but right now i would say no there's not like a an elite elite nba guy on this team uh timmy has generally dominated these matchups though and the game last he had a game last year where he was 13 of 14 from the field against his byu team byu hasn't played anyone the best team they've played or the best teams they've played have beat him with the exception of creighton and that was during the the run with no cockbrenner so I just can't find a like I like the idea of maybe fading Gonzaga right now because it feels like they're just not what the market thinks they are. But I just have no interest in BYU and particularly when few has just dominated this series. So I'd lean to the Zags, uh, but I'm also trying I'm thanks to you. I'm trying to find reasons not to play road favorites. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I'm not going to do a very good job of talking you out of it because my only interest really in BYU for this, I think, entire season is just betting against them as much as I can. Uh, I even went down at the depths of the sewers and played Loyola Marymount as a slight favorite against <laughs> BYU on Thursday. 
Um, that was me tempting this hot streaks fate and really seeing just how bad it could potentially, or I guess how good it could potentially get. Cause I have not had a lot of success with late night Thursday, West, West coast conference games. I will admit, um, that one did come through and I'm just really hoping that every game I don't bet against BYU, they keep winning because I don't know how this team gets as much respect as it does or why the analytics like them to any sort of degree. Um, that win against Creighton was nice. I guess a good win on, on a neutral against Dayton, um, who has been really disappointing this entire year. Uh, <laughs> BYU, I think, was favored against USC, which to me is an ultimate slap in Andy Enfield's face, though ultimately uh, the odds makers forever dislike USC, and I find myself I should probably just buy a jersey. I bet on them so much. Um, but from where I sit with this one, uh, Marriott Center is a really tough place to play in, uh, and that's certainly scary. Um, but I think we kind of talked about it on, and I think we usually talk about this game specifically because that's usually the best one um, that Gonzaga will play every year almost besides the St. Mary's games. But as you said, they haven't really been competitive. And I don't really think that Gonzaga are, are is, is good enough to wipe the floor with BYU, but I also don't think that BYU is anywhere near the competitive teams they were in the past. It's like both these teams are worse, but I think BYU is a lot worse than Gonzaga because just Gonzaga can't be the best team in the country um, every year. All right, before we get to best bets, uh, we're going to help out the people, help them save some money at pregame.com. Yeah, let's uh, use the promo code HOOPS20. I'm not jumping through hoops. We're trying to put the basketball through the hoops. Hoops 20, hoops with an S, plural, uh, 20. You get 20% off for all listeners' college basketball podcasts. It's good for seven days from this release. Got until, I guess, Monday, the 16th of January. But uh, come on in. Come on in quickly. 20% off. You can buy AJ's picks, my picks that come out each night. Um, Plenty of other great handicappers at pregame.com. And uh, now, since we're we're in the, the best bet, categories and we're in the winners thing i feel like aj i want to give you the t-boxes it's been going well for me uh being second on this list okay then i will take the lead here and i'm gonna go with iowa state and we're gonna project them at five in this game hosting texas tech and this boils down to an elite home team here against a team that's generally significantly worse away from home at least when they actually do play games away from home, which is very unusual. Um, Tech has played one road game this season, and that was a six-point loss at TCU. They've now dropped to 0-3 in Big 12 play after they lost to Kansas and then lost uh, this weekend to Oklahoma in overtime. Iowa State is the best team in the country at forcing turnovers, and they are going up against a freshman point guard in Pop Isaacs. Tech is 297th in steal percentage allowed. That is a massive mismatch for a team taking a freshman point guard onto the road into a really, really tough building to play in. Uh, And when they they just haven't had any experience on the road without a a trustworthy ball handler, really their their backup uh, point guard, freshman as well. Tech has an edge inside against a lot of teams with Bacho and O'Banner, but uh, Osuni's been elite around the rim. The winning margins for Iowa State at Hilton this year, 15, 16, 37, 11, 19, 15, 37, 49. And yes, some of those are against garbage competition, but St. John's and most recently Baylor are also on that list. 
this is a tough road trip for anyone. Um, especially like I said, I think a a team with inexperienced ball handlers, I think this is a nightmare matchup. So I like Iowa state minus five hosting Texas tech. What say you? Well, I like it considering Iowa state was my best bet this weekend. Um, it was, uh, I think they're great. Uh, they do foul a little bit, but I also think that Isaacs might, I don't think he played this past weekend for Texas Tech, so it might be on the second of the two choice uh, point guards, so that's even worse. Um, I swear, if Gabe Kalsher could make shots, uh, Iowa State honestly could go way deeper in that Sweet 16 run that they did last week. I think he hit the game winner this weekend, but also like hit the side of the backboard once. It's, yeah. I, I can't explain how that happens, but I really love Iowa State. I feel like uh, TJ Otzelberger is the uh, the diamond in the rough that I think once Texas starts getting rejected by the big names uh, after the year is over, that that might be the tree that they're barking up at a certain point. Um, and I like it because I, I don't believe in this Texas Tech team. I feel like they are, as they get further away from Chris Beard and his level of recruits, uh, they kept O'Banner and then the rest of that team looks pretty weak compared to what we are used to. So I like it. And uh, for my best bet, I'm going to, um, I guess I don't know how to relate the two, so I'll just go into it. I'll take Nebraska. You gave me plus one at home against Illinois. Uh, I feel like Nebraska has played a lot better defense, not really something you normally expect from a Fred Hoiberg team. Usually it's a bunch of transfers, which they do have, and a lot of great three-point shooting. I'm not sure that that's this team this year. Their three-point stats are pretty ugly, but uh, that's how you get them a one-point dog, uh, according to the A.J. Swami system. Uh, for when this match or excuse me game I got soccer on the brain I guess uh, <laughs> this game tips off on Tuesday night uh, so here's my feeling with Illinois it seems like um, while the transfer portal is something that's helped this this game and completely um, it also doesn't go well sometimes and Illinois seemingly is having a ton of trouble chemistry issues um, I don't know if that's because Matthew Meyer doesn't pass and, and no one realized that from his entire time and maybe Brad Underwood missed that part of the tape. But um, that seemed to have not set things very well. Terrence Shannon moving in there as well from Texas Tech. We just talked about that could have been my uh, my anal- analogy from one to the other. But there just seems to be a lot of questions for me about Illinois and, and whether these players like playing together, whether it's ever going to work. Um, Sky Clark just left the team for personal reasons. Um, and so I feel like there's a lot of uh, bad juju going on in Champaign, Illinois. They got a good win this weekend against Wisconsin, but it was a little bit closer than the uh, outcome looked like. Plus, um, Wisconsin was missing their best player, top scorer. So I feel like it's a good time to go against Illinois. The uh, The problems have not been solved. They had a really, really poor performance, I thought, at Northwestern uh, in the middle of last week and now go on the road here again, I think, where they take a loss. So anytime I'm looking at a team that's favored on the road that I think is going to lose, that is very likely to be in my card. Um, Connecticut, as we talked about earlier, potentially. Uh, but I think Illinois, for sure, are taking a loss this week. So I will take Nebraska, and I'll lay up to that three-point uh, favorite type of number. I don't think we'll get there, and I trust the uh, AJ projection system. Um, so I'll take Nebraska plus one all the way up to minus three. Okay, yeah, I, I'm not impressed with Illinois either. I, it was a good win over the weekend, and for the first time this season, it looked like the team was having fun playing together. The confusing thing for me with Illinois is like, how is this the team that dominated UCLA? How is this the team that beat Texas? You know, like 
And, and then, like you mentioned, the performance against Northwestern was just like there was nothing good about it. The, then the uh, the Mizzou game, which I guess was like I, you know, we're going back to like before Christmas, but they were non-competitive in that game. There's There's just been some there's been a lot of data points that are confusing about Illinois. I'm not a fan. Uh, I, I was real. I, I love their coach. I just think that his method of just pooling this talent together is not the way to build a team. At least it's certainly not the way to build a team in year one. And we kind of saw that with Chris Beard, who you mentioned. I mean, Chris Beard last year, when he took all the best transfer portal talent, he got no good results from it. Year two, when they were when they were gelled a little bit, it started to to look better. Maybe that's the case for Illinois, but right now, yeah, I, I think you're smart to uh, to look to fade them here. So, uh, agreement from me. All right, that is going to do it for another episode. We will be back on Thursday night covering the weekend card, uh, and hopefully back with another 2-0 and on Best Bets. That's the game plan anyway. Uh, Griffin, thank you as always. It's been a pleasure. And we will talk to you guys later on this week. Good luck.